0: You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. From our studio to yours,
1: it's Various Artists with Francis and Liam.
2: Ke marie, tōku ingoa.
3: Ko Francis tōku ingoa. No mai, haere mai ki various artists. Mo wiki. Welcome to Various Artists. My name is Francis.
2: My name is Liam and we will be with you for the next hour.
3: This is your guide to the big wide art world of Tamaki Makoto and beyond for this week.
2: How have we been going, Francis? it has been a bit of a like all on uni yes, for us we
3: are in the throes the depths of assignments but the show will not suffer because of it we cannot
2: let it suffer we need to keep on going what have we got on today's show
3: fi akine coming up on the show today do you want to start off actually because yeah. we've got some special guests in the studio right
2: now we have divya kuma and hebe Kearney uh, <laughs> coming from the winter mini poetry festival that's happening across tamaki makoto next month we're going to be hearing all about that
3: and after we've heard about that, we're keeping it very literary on the show today, <laughs> um, I have a chat to Gina Todd uh, of Breakfast Book Reviews um, about the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards, which uh, happened last week
2: of course we finally have your local arts guide for Tommy Makoto over the next week. It's also New Zealand Music Month Day, uh, New Zealand Music T-shirt day from New Zealand Music, New Zealand <laughs> music Month. So we're going to have some tunes from Hans Pocket or just a shirt that I'm wearing. What are you wearing today Francis? I'm wearing a
3: Marlon Streaming shirt, so we'll have some Marlon Streaming and we've got some other great New Zealand music lined up for you.
2: All the classics of guitar-based indie pop from Auckland. Oh wait, Marlon Streaming are not from Auckland, Do are they?
1: they? Mean, mm,
2: okay, together yes. we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these pieces so please get in touch to himai you can text us on 5395 or waimairane give us a call in studio on 309-3879
3: also, after the show, Koiā koya ewariware ahi on the coto, it's e fakaronglo ke in the corridor unlo he pakiheri rokiroki maronga it's a baizukuzuku or itangi poho, me hairi ninety five bfm erikati com. You can catch all these chats and more by podcast on the ninety five BFM website. That's ninety five bfm.com.
2: Awesome, let's get into it. Various artists with Francis and Liam. So you can go to the opening for more than just the snacks. Okay. Hello, Hebi and Divya. How are you guys going?
0: Kia ora, good thanks. Good, yeah. good.
2: How has the week been for you guys? Been a nice chill one? Eh,
0: quite oh, sunny. Been, no. Been oh no. <laughs> it's never chill in libraries. No, libraries are,
2: are frantic all the time.
4: It's always 100. Thank
2: you. We're just figuring out the <laughs> yeah, figures of the things. System. Maybe right. Anyway, we have got the Winter Poetry Festival coming up next June. Is this the first iteration of this event?
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's a pet project of Hebe and mine. Um, sort of coming out of a project that I was running last year um, for a Auckland Council. Um, sort of internal festival called We Read Auckland. Mm. Last year in New um, my library, we published a book of rangatahi poetry, um, aged 12 to 25 and Hebe sneakily snuck in. <laughs> snuck in <and laughs> At the time <laughs> I didn't know Hebe, so it was really lovely <laughs> to see like a, a council person representing within this poetry group. And mm. then we've kind of collaborated on various projects over the year, and now we're, now we're here.
2: Yeah, so both of you kind of came from backgrounds of doing stuff in libraries, or was it kind of like, libraries came second to working in poetry spaces. Like, do you guys perform much your, on your own?
0: Um, we actually both study creative writing here. Oh, we nice. We the same creative <laughs> writing paper a while ago, so we've been both been doing poetry stuff for a while. Um, But I feel like recently there's been a lot more poetry gigs and stuff happening. Like quite recently this sort of scene is developing so there's been a lot more opportunities and,
2: Mm. yeah. Mm. And it's very much so kind of trying to nurture that scene that is growing in Tamaki Makoto. What do you think that's special about it here? Is there just kind of like a time of place coming out of COVID maybe?
4: Maybe. I think a lot of people have had a bit of time with our specifically extended experience with lockdowns Mm. to have a bit more freedom to try things um uh, one of my co-workers said that like because of how much i've been putting into poetry that they're pushed to experiment and try as a new creative method um and i really love that for them um i think that if we can encourage more people to try certain things try new creative outlets really sort of work on mental health adjacent to that kind of thing it's really just beneficial for everyone not just for the people like me and hebe who are already established poets mm yeah yeah
0: that was like the idea with the winter poetry festival too was like we had a pretty terrible summer and we (laughs) were all feeling pretty down about it and it was raining all the time and we thought like let's celebrate poetry and let's do it in winter and celebrate good things about winter so that people aren't feeling that downcast kind of seasonal depression like it's gray and raining vibes like we're trying to like have warm cozy like nurturing good mental health winter vibes Mm.
2: i also think that it's like so easy to um See winter as a time where it's like no events happen during this time. You just have to like cut it off, do your work, do nothing else. Mm. All, all the fun stuff happens in summer. But like you said, we haven't really had the ability to do that with so many of the amazing events that we've got coming up cancelled. So it's like poetry. I think just lends itself to a winter sort of thing of like not necessarily comfort all the time, but it's easy to kind of like mm. sit down, chill out, and hear some incredible w- words. What are some of the uh, poets you have lined up for these different dates? Oh my goodness.
4: So many. <laughs> so many, so many. I think I counted last, it was about 22 mm-hmm. different yeah. poets. Yeah. And one of the poets is a collective of poets. So there's probably <laughs> an, way beyond what, we, what we're counting. So you've got the amazing folks. You've got like Zephyr Zhang, um, Amanda Essen, and Amanda Joshua, um, Eric Sokai, um, Roman Sigley, Dan Goodwin, um, uh, Te Aniwa Pe- uh, Peterson, um Dominic Howey's reading, um, Holly Burkison, Anujamitra, um, Cypress of Akashi, Nia Simmons. There's so many. There's Grace Shelley, the Tatarangi Poets Collective. Mm. Um, my, I'm really excited. One of uh, Hebe runs a poetry club on Fridays at the Mount Royal School Library, and one of her regulars, sorry, one of their regulars is um, a 95-year-old poet who's reading um, <laughs> yeah. Nadine um, Lahat, Lahati or Lahat. Lahat, yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's French. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah,
4: they're reading, and it's going to be really sort of sweet. We're going to have Dominic and Nadine reading at the same time, which is going to be like this really zesty polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And is it all going to be focused on performances and showcasing these people's work? Or is there also other events that are being weaved through, like workshops and things like that?
4: Mostly just the poetry themselves. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is like, uh, so each library, there's seven libraries, and each library has a sort of overarching theme. So if you're interested in one particular theme, you might want to go to that one particular library. Um, we're asking all the poets to maybe find something in their catalogue that they've written that might fit the theme or write something completely new and then we're opening it up to an open mic after the poets have read so that anyone can write to anything to any theme and it's really just like a safe space for people to like have their first opportunity mm. um, reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we're trying to foster.
2: I think it's really yeah. important to be kind of pushing it towards, as you said, young people and allowing them to find these spaces. Um, mm. With it being at uh, seven different libraries, are these happening across multiple dates at the same libraries, or is it like one specific library for one specific place?
0: Yeah, so it's it's like one library per day kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's over the course of two weeks, so the 14th to the 24th. And then it's in that sort of afternoon, evening um, on each of those dates. Mm. And there's um, two to three poets reading at each library.
2: Awesome. How yeah. have you guys decided to kind of, I guess, come up with the themes for different libraries? Has it been sort of like based on the environment that it's in. I believe you've got Mount Albert, Point Chevalier, uh, Terirangi Library, mm-hmm, if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. Nah. Have those been kind of based on the general history of those areas? Or is it just kind of like, we'll just put it here because convenience.
0: <laughs> yeah, we um, actually are working with some of our wonderful colleagues at each of the libraries to make mm. these events happen. And so we put it to our colleagues and we were like, can you amongst your staff decide a theme that you think fits your library? Um, and we were, I was quite like happy to see that i think two libraries picked matariki kind of themes, which mm. i thought was really awesome um so yeah we kind of left it up to our our wonderful colleagues at the different branches <laughs> mm.
2: and are they all very supportive of the idea within the sort of like auckland libraries uh, everyone's stoked yeah
4: everyone loves a bit of poetry i think people are coming around to the idea that it's not actually this like stale medium anymore mm. it's mm. so zesty and like there's so much cool stuff you can do yeah so i think putting it in libraries also makes it super accessible Mm. Um, some people think it's just this like dusty tome that you study at uni and like nah making (laughs) it it super accessible mm -hmm. everyone's stoked about having it there
2: yeah yeah and it's really important bringing them to libraries not only because of what libraries can bring to these sorts of events but also what these sorts of events can bring to these institutions. I think there's been kind of a lot of panic from um, people in the literature in general just the arts community in Tamaki Makoto recently about the threats to funding cuts for public libraries, Mm -hmm. the arts, for all these different sorts of things. Um, We know that there's been a bit of a U-turn regarding the arts. I will be honest, I'm not sure where things Mm -hmm. stand with the libraries (laughs) but regardless it's really important to be bringing people to these spaces Mm -hmm. and understand the value that libraries bring to our city yeah
0: definitely
4: yeah Yeah. we're not really sure either (laughs) what what we're looking forward to in the next few months Mm. Um, we're just waiting on Mr Brown to make his decision like Mm. everyone
2: else and Wayne Brown is well known for being good at communication (laughs) Um,
4: (laughs) superb top tier (laughs) yeah
2: Um, yeah, do you have anything that you're specifically really excited for coming up in the festival
4: just it Mm. just (laughs) it in general we're just super stoked really it's uh it's a pet project of ours because we're super kind of envious of the the incredible scene that exists in wellington
0: Mm.
4: and we kind of want to build that here all of our poets come from all over auckland Mm. so we're kind of just kind of like coalesce everyone into like one sort of area and be like hey here's a hot spot show up to this particular thing and you're going to get so much variety Mm. yeah
0: i'm super excited for like the the range and ages as well like um Devia mentioned uh, Nadine, who's 95, um, but also the Te Poets are a poetry group that's been meeting for literally over 40 years. Jeez. Like, they're really, like, established, and I, I I just think they're awesome, and I think it would be really great to have those young, fresh names like Zephyr Zhang, Amanda Joshua, Eric Soke, like, these people who are just up and coming, like, mixing with the older generation and, like, learning from each other. I think mm. that, that both disparate scenes really can, yeah, grow and learn from mixing. So yeah. I'm excited to see that happen. <laughs>
2: and you're going to also kind of hopefully lead to more young people going to these events and meeting these people? Because it's really good to create these spaces, kind of, I really hate the term, but the networking side of things, mm. or rather just kind yeah. of like... For a nicer, less little uh, business student way of putting it, like meeting people in your community and understanding the mahi that they do throughout their work, being able to actually talk to the poets after you see them perform is incredibly important. Do you think that that's kind of something that you're working towards, especially with the open mics yeah, that are happening afterwards? Yeah, the
0: open mic, like because the thing about having you know three poets per um, library is that they'll be in the audience too you know when the open mic's happening and so hopefully that's the chance for them to be exposed to like new talent and people who are just starting out and it's also why we wanted to have a kind of kai refreshment kind of sort of part of it so it's like people are, are sharing food and talking and stuff because i find if you've got a drink in your hand you've got some nibbles
4: like it's mm.
0: more sociable kind of so. it
4: really brings the anxiety down yeah. you're like this is chill we've got some
2: cheese There's cheese <laughs> <It's all laughs>
4: yeah the
2: only way to calm anyone down just like here have a block of cheese yeah, tamaki yeah. Tamaki. yeah we're all <laughs>
4: introverts and we all gather around the like grazing platter at the yeah. house party like we know what's up yeah. <laughs>
2: but the thing is is that i do think that that's really important as well as that's another side of uh, i guess like the tamaki makaro there isn't necessarily much of an event scene per se, but I've seen just kind of like a rise and these sorts of things that are really catering towards introverts and making sure that the space <laughs> mm. isn't necessarily overwhelming. I've seen that with zine launches. I've seen that with markets. Mm. How do you go about trying to create... Social spaces for people who are inherently not as social as other people
4: The, the number one is obviously just turn off the lights. Mm. Mm. I get so overwhelmed sometimes with like so much fluorescent goes on mm. in council buildings and mm. like why are they all these lights on Yeah, so really it's just like make it moody. turn off some of the lights, put out some melt cider. yeah yeah it's just mm. just make it relax, put on some like lo-fi beats <laughs> especially considering <laughs> just, how yeah. yeah
2: some of these libraries sometimes have been around for a while. Is Greyland Library one of the ones that's
4: taking part? We time? tried to go to Greyland but mm. the, at the time they were dealing with a lot of the flooding.
2: Uh, Their true. whole back
4: yeah. um, sort of workroom and storage, you all got just swampy.
2: Mm. And that's the other side of things of like, like I mentioned before, how all of these libraries are in desperate need of this kind of support. And it's like, it would have been great if we could have brought it to Greyland or all these other places but I think the fact that we've managed to get seven libraries across Tamaki Makoto yeah. mm-hmm. is really awesome are you looking to give this another shot next year maybe make it a bit bigger
4: a hundred percent yeah this is what it's also a bit of an internal exercise i trying not to like silo ourselves and only work within our mm-hmm. like the Newland community or the Matt Roskill community mm-hmm. like just bring share because no one actually just only goes to one space in their, in their life like mm-hmm. I don't only live in West Auckland mm-hmm. like I go to the North Shore all the time, I'm in the Central. I sometimes go to South Auckland. We're just trying to like share resources and make it as accessible across all libraries as possible. Mm. So if we can expand this again next year, a hundred percent please maybe we'll even get
0: to get rid of mini festival from the title yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival.
2: yeah just like going all in it'll be awesome winter
4: poetry festival oh it
2: sounds so massive and incredible <laughs> yeah yeah do you think that there's kind of like within these different uh spaces that you've been developing different regional scenes um that you've discovered through the poetry scene between West auckland North Shore central etc-hmm
4: 100 because I live in west so I'm quite exposed to A lot of the Westie poets and also Tsitarangi poets Mm. It's definitely like a Type of poetry and then you get a lot More like political sort of like um, Race political poetry In South Auckland with Mm. a lot of the the Issues that happen down there Mm. whereas in West Auckland sometimes you get sort of like political Social environmental stuff Mm. Um, And then I found in Central You get a heck of a lot of queer poets (laughs) (laughs) Which I love Um, But yeah it's trying to like coalesce all of these Like sort of not disparate But sort of different scenes
2: and just kind of expose them all to each other. Mm. Bring them all together. I think that the mahi that you guys are doing on this festival is so, so incredible. I'm so, so excited to see how this comes about. Just for our listeners, I reckon if you want to quickly run over the dates and where these different uh, sessions, I guess, are taking place.
0: All right. Sweet. Okay. Um, so the first one is in Newland War Memorial Library. It's on the 14th of June, starting at 6 p.m., um, next up we have Mount Albert Library, 15th of June from 6pm. Then we have Point Chev, which is actually based out of the community centre in Point Chev at the moment, on the 16th from 4pm. Um, then we have Avondale Library on the 21st of June, so the next week, and that's also starting at 4 Then we have Te Atatu Peninsula on the 22nd, starting at 6.30pm. And then we have my library, Mount Roskill, on the 23rd at 6pm, and Te Taurangi Library on the 24th of June at 2pm
2: awesome that's such an incredible lineup i really hope that our listeners are gonna be able to head along i'm gonna try and head along to some of them um yeah do you have any final thoughts or things to say to people who are kind of like on the fence about whether or not they should go you should go, you should go. <laughs> there you go <laughs>
4: you should go and you should write something we and
2: should, read it yeah. at the open mic because we'll all love you yeah. mm.
0: if you've ever thought about writing poetry this is the sign do
4: it <laughs>
2: of course well thank you guys so much for coming up it's been so lovely to chat to you and yeah really good luck for the rest of the festival thank you so much. thank you up. Us.
4: yeah thank yeah. you of
2: course we've got a track from hans pocket coming up is that all good to go yeah yeah sweet this is mentor why did you
0: 95BFM presents for the first time in New Zealand since their legendary sold out debut in 2019. Sleepwood Mods! Brutal, foul-mouthed, angry, killer-funny and utterly brilliant. This is UK Grim, Sleepwood Mods! The Power Power Station, Station, Saturday the 27th of May. With special guests Big
2: Scout, new tickets just released for this Friday show and grab the final tickets for this Saturday show now. Tickets on
0: sale now at Ticketmaster.
3: Ugh, I'm so hungry, I could eat a plane.
2: Let's go to MoTat.
1: Oh, that's a great idea.
2: The MoTat food truck roundup is back. They've teamed up with Auckland Food Truck Collective and they are serving up tonight. There's something for everyone, smooth tunes by Māori Hi-Fi and lots of cozy spots to settle into. The Motat Food Truck Roundup on tonight, 6 to 9 pm. Entry is free and under 16s must be accompanied by an adult. For more info, visit Motat.nz. SJD. Three letters, one man, a band. Oh, and now free tickets.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't get that. You repeat your order, please. You heard
2: right, B card holders. SJD is celebrating his striking new album, Sweetheart, live at the Hollywood Avondale. And we're giving away tickets to the show all this week on BFM Drive. Wake up from your beautiful head. 95 BFM presents SJD, Sweetheart Album Release Show, Friday, June 30
1: at the Hollywood Avondale. Tickets from banishedmusic.com. Oh, don't suffer for your art, chat.
3: Various Artists with Francis and Liam you are back on various artists with Francis and Liam it's great to have your company Last week saw the close of the Auckland Writers' Festival and with it the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards. They're pretty significant awards, Uh, so to hear about them I caught up with Jenna Todd, manager at the Time Out bookstore in Mount Eden, which if you haven't been is uh, definitely worth a trip. Uh, She's also spokesperson for the New Zealand Book Awards Trust and I believe is on their board. Here's our conversation now. We are talking about the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards today. I do have to apologise if there's uh, some music in behind my audio today. We've got a um, fancy new band who are riffing away in the studio. But let's focus in on the Ockhams. Can you tell me, for any listeners that aren't aware, what the Ockham Book Awards are and a little bit of their history?
1: Sure things. Kia ora everyone. The Ockham New Zealand Book Awards are New Zealand's premier Literary Awards, they've been going for 55 years. What, how it stands right now is the Occam New Zealand Book Awards, I think those sponsors came on about 2014, so as it stands we're almost at 10 years with this um, major sponsor.
3: What kind of prize categories are there, or how, how are the awards structured?
1: So we have eight awards all together. We've got four categories, fiction, poetry, non-fiction and illustrated non-fiction. And then there's a first book award winner for each of those categories. How are
3: the books selected and judged?
1: What writers and publishers can do, we have an open call and they can submit their books for for judging and what we do as the new as the New Zealand Book Awards Trust is that we select panels of judges for each category. So I've got three people on each category. They we try to have a range of diversity in terms of geography and and based out on in different careers. You know, we try and have a bookseller and academic and a writer in each category. And then they whittle a big pool of reading. Often, I've been a fiction judge before. We read 40, 40 books for the fiction category. Whoa, whittled, that's a huge undertaking. I know, in quite a short amount of time as well. And those get whittled down to a, a long list of 10. And then they get lot, uh, whittled down again to a short list of four. And then we choose a, they choose a winner.
3: Mm. Well, that's a lot of books. A lot of books.
1: It's a really, really big job for the judges um, and it takes a lot of, I'm speaking from experience, emotional and energy and just time as well. Our judges really take this job seriously. Yes.
3: We'll move to talk about the judges' selections this year shortly. But I wanted to ask why why is it important to recognise literary works in such a way as this?
1: I think it's really important to have an annual marker of what is the best of the best for that year. It really cel- celebrates our rich writing culture in New Zealand. It's also really important to make sure that these stories that are being written by New Zealanders for New Zealanders and beyond, a lot of these stories are set in New Zealand, not all of them. I think it, it's it's just an important um, marker for our rich literary industry. Yeah, it's and a great celebration.
3: Yes, absolutely. And let's, let's talk about some of, well, actually, let's go through all, all of the awards. I think we have the time and should allow each of them the space. So so why don't we start with the Jan Medlicott Acorn Prize for Fiction, uh, the Axeman's Carnival. Can you tell me about the author and a little snippet of what the book's about?
1: Sure thing. So the Fiction Prize is probably the most, um, it's a prize that has the highest value of of money. This is due to the wonderful Jan Medlicott who has given this money in perpetuity uh, that grows with interest every year um, and it makes a massive difference in the lives of these writers. So the winner this year was the Axeman's Carnival written by Catherine Chidgey and this is published by Teheringa Waka Press in Wellington. Catherine Chidji has won this prize before. She won it for a book called The Wish Child. So that is the first time in this version of the New Zealand Book Awards being sponsored by Ockham Residential that she has won again. She is one of New Zealand's best, freshest, prolific writers at this time. This novel is set in a high country station and Otago and it's, this novel is about so much but I think the easiest tagline for this is that it's narrated by a magpie or as a bookseller that's our salon to make a point of difference of an interesting story but it, sets, it focuses on the domestic life of a husband and wife who live in a stressful time they've gotten the there's a lot of stress about money the husband is like you know, just to be frank, he's just an asshole. And uh, um, and his name's Rob, and the wife is called Marnie, and and there's domestic violence within the relationship. And the magpie gives Ma- Marnie a sense of direction, companionship, and it also brings in quite a humorous twist of social media and internet fame. And because um, she starts putting him on the internet, and they become a bit of a he becomes a Tama, The magpie becomes a bit of a sensation. Catherine Chidji is a master of voice, and she can write about quite dark things with such a sense hu- of humour and a light touch. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think the great thing about this, any of these categories, anyway, but with, if you're a fiction reader or you don't read too much or you want you, you want to read New Zealand books. More New Zealand books, I would definitely look towards the the winner, the shortlist, the long list of of these categories. Um, I think it should be a book that everyone should have on their bookshelf. Mm. H- have you been
3: selling quite a few copies at Time Out since the awards?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we were selling a lot of the Axman's Carnival already because uh, Catherine Tiji has just really um, inserted herself into the atmosphere of people just want to buy whatever new book she has written um, and she actually has a new book coming out in two weeks already. She's really become, she had a 13 year break and since The Wish Child she's written four soon to be five fiction novels, two which have won the the Jan Medlicock Acorn Prize for Fiction, one that was shortlisted last year and one that was longlisted a few years ago as well. So every every book she writes is well noticed. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, she won $64,000. Ah, awesome.
3: Shall we move on to talk about the Poetry Award, the Mary and Peter mm-hmm. Biggs Award? Always Italicise, How to Write While Colonised.
1: Yeah, so this is published by Auckland University Press. And I really love the line from the poetry category, convener dive Brown. She says, Miss um, Te Punga Somerville's collection voyages out like a waka, seeking new ground. Uh, readers in challenge, but crucially invited to accept the challenge and reach a new understanding of what it is like to be a Maori woman scholar, mother and wife in 2022, encountering and navigating uncomfortable and hostile spaces. It's This book is... It's really. It can be confronting at times. I think it's really sharp. I'm trying to think of other adjectives that I've been saying about this book recently. In terms of structure of the book, she writes in English and Tureo, and she puts all the uh, English in italics as opposed to the Tereo, which I just think is a really like easy marker of what type of book this is, and it. Really, it's—I wouldn't say it's—and conf- maybe it could be confronting for some people, but it's just upfront and honest.
3: Would you say it's a, a an easy book to enter? I know poetry can often be scary for for some readers. Yeah, how how would you suggest approaching the book?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think. Well, what I think is that the Occams have recognised, especially in the poetry category, is an, a, a recognition of like quite youthful, vibrant writers. And I'm saying that because of, I think that some people could poten- potentially think of poetry as quite dry and for a certain demographic and a certain type of person that writes it. And I I think um, this book, as well as other shortlisted Shortlisting listed titles really dismiss that. We had three, uh, four women in four young women in this category in the shortlist. I, I'm 99% sure that three of them were first time books shortlisted in this category. Um, so there's a, a hunger for this this type of poetry.
3: I'm just having an onslaught of ballot box fans playing behind me. (laughs) They're sounding awesome but I I will drop out again after um, just introducing this next book, the Award for Illustrated Nonfiction, um, which has an incredible uh, cover. Um, Instantly, it's like, for me it's like... um, being in the dairy as a kid and seeing those um, little plastic bags of gummy lollies and just like, instantly wanting to reach for them. Uh, it's such a vibrant, vibrant colour um, and cover. So will you tell me about the book, the
1: title, the author and what it's about? Sure thing. So this is this book is maybe would appeal to BFM listeners the most. It's called Jumping Sundays, uh, The Rise and Fall of the Counterculture in Aotearoa, New Zealand by Nick Bollinger. And, yes, as you say, it's this vibrant colour that takes you straight back into the 60s, 70s era, orange-purple, and it's got this great tunnel. Um, I don't know what you would describe like a rainbow tunnel with this woman dancing, a silhouette of a woman dancing in it. This this is a really fun category, and I think must be a fun category to judge because you're judging... uh, uh, how the images sit alongside the words, how they relate to each other and design can factor in this category as well and so I think it's so Yes, it's a well-designed book but as the category convener Jared Davidson says, it's a triumph of production and design and it draws on archival research and rich per- personal narratives, making a compelling account of an epic making period linking international trends to the local context in a purposeful yet playful way Nick Bollinger is a great storyteller he um, if you've ever listened to him on the radio or how he reviews music himself he has this really nice almost playful and sing-song way of telling a story and always drawing it back to the beginning it has its really awesome photographs in it of festivals, a lot of music, a lot of people just hanging out in parks, protesting, kind of communi-looking spaces, and it's it's quite a joy to, to look through and read.
3: Awesome, well there we go B listeners, you have been sent out on a quest to track that book down. Uh, Let's talk about the fourth and final of the four main book awards, the General Nonfiction Award which is for the English text of the Treaty of Waitangi, tell me about that
1: This book has been described over and over again as a weighty tome and everyone will, it's like the luminaries, everyone always just talks about how long it is, it is 700 pages and this is a work of academia of time I think it took Ned Fletcher 15 years to write it, it was um, born out of his PhD and and it was a work of scholarship the judges found it really surprising uh, and so maybe with a title like the English Text of the Treaty of Waitangi you could potentially go into this book thinking you're going to get a certain type of read and and the judges say you will not, and that will shift. And this is what Anna Rafferty O'Connell says, is that this book will shift and inform debates about the intentions of those who constructed and signed the treaty and how we interpret it today. Fletcher's comprehensive examination sheds new light on the document's implications and contributes fresh thinking to what remains a very live conversation for us all that call this country home.
3: Have you tried to tackle it yourself?
1: Oh, look, I'll tell you what. I've got it next to my bedside table, and when Ned was reading from it at the at the award ceremony, I was just instantly taken into what he um, was saying. I'm really um, I'm really excited to read it. But I'm one of it's one of those books that I will take on holiday and read with me. I like a really long book that there's no risk of running out on a holiday, and this is going to be it.
3: Sorry, coming (laughs) back in with some ballot box behind me. Um, Hey, let's run through, finally, um, the four Best First Book Awards. Um, I think a lot of the kaupapa of this show on B4Us, various artists, is all about giving voice to um, up-and-coming creative practitioners, um, be they artists, uh, visual artists, uh, musicians and writers as well. So, yeah, tell me about about these four awards and what we can expect if we dive into them. Yeah,
1: this is the this is a really exciting category and quite a beautiful category to watch the winners win because it's because it's their first book and they're getting recognised for it. You just see this quite like wondrous joy and excitement from these awards. So um, the Hubert Church Prize for Fiction was won by um, Anthony Lapwood for Home Theatre. This was published by Teheringawaka Waka Press. Also, I just want to go back and say that um, the English text of the Treaty of Waitangi was published by Bridget Williams Books. I definitely need to shout those guys out because they do amazing stuff. Back to Anthony Lapwood. This is a series of linked short stories um, and I encourage everyone to pick it up. I think people can be a little bit scared of short stories, but I think they're wonderful, especially if they're linked. It shows a full picture thinking of the author Um, Jessie Mackay Prize for Poetry this was uh, won by Kadro Muhammad. We're All Made of Lightning and this is published by We Are Babies Press, Tender Press she did a beautiful reading from this at the award ceremony via video link Um, and again as an indicator of the, the state of poetry in Aotearoa today is that it's like I feel like it's breaking boundaries, fresh diverse voices, um, youthful, smart, funny, thoughtful, really worth checking out. It's a really small press. We are babies' press too, so it's great to see them um, win a prize again. I they won um, their book, won um, this prize last year as well, so it shows that they really know what they're doing when... um, Finding New Authors. Uh, The Judith Binney Prize for Illustrated Nonfiction, this was won by um, a cookbook, so this is Kai, Food Stories and Recipes from My Family Table by Crystal Lowe, and the best description that I heard of this, this was published by Bateman Books, was um, it is contemporary Maori Edmunds cookbook for our times. And then the E. H. McCormick for general nonfiction was won by the very, very popular memoir. Um that was a bestseller at Time Out last year, it was Grand, Becoming My Mother's Daughter by Noelle McCarthy, which is a beautiful story of um of uh being a mother, being a daughter, um, and um inheriting uh or I would say inheritance and a good snap of Auckland life as well, including some time at BFM and being in the BFM studio.
3: Awesome, as I am now. How cool is yeah. that? I actually have um, grand on my bedside table to be read in that great big pile. Hey, thanks so much, Gina. That was Jenna Todd talking with me about the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards. Of course, you can text us in on 5395. five. It's been a very literary heavy show, um, so you can let us know if there's any books you've been reading, perhaps one from the Ockham Awards.
2: One thing to quickly add in that I just remembered: uh, we've got some very last minute, very last minute in the show tickets to Went to get into t- to give away. Hold on, I will quickly do the awkward squeeze squeeze around. We've got a double pass to a single day of Winter Armageddon twenty twenty three. This is taking place over King's Birthday weekend. Expect lots of merch. God card tournaments and guests this year. If you want one of those, let us know via the text machine. You can text in with your name, your B-card number, and what you're looking forward to at Wintergarden. Anyway, back to what you were saying, I just remembered that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fulfilling our broadcasting duties. Thank you, Liam. Too um, It is also alongside Wintergarden, New Zealand Music Month. True. Uh, and today is New Zealand T-shirt day. Liam and I are donning our NZ band tees. Liam has a Hans Puckett T-shirt on and I'm in Marlon's Dreaming t-shirt So we're gonna Have a track From them uh, We will niff into some ads And then we'll come back With your art guide Yeah
1: Darkly Tinted Glasgow.
0: Spences
4: Charcoal Oh
2: What's a seven-letter word for street fighter? Brawler. Hey, you're right. OK, what about treasure trunks and six? Chests. They said you were good. Hey, what's happening at Ponsonby Social Club this week?
3: Well, tonight there's DJs Amy and Adam Viewer. And tomorrow,
1: TV dinners and Swallow the Rat, followed by DJs Manuel Bundy and TDK.
3: Same old Ponsonby Social Club, 152 Ponsonby Road. Nightlight Festival is this Matariki, July 13 to
2: 15. Featuring a star studded lineup including Arlo Parks, Alien Weaponry, Samara Alufa with Polly Hill, and Kiran J. Callanan.
3: Holy moly, could it get any better? Heck yes, if you're a B card holder, you could win tickets. So be listening to BFM Drive all this week.
2: 95 BFM presents Nightlight Festival, Matariki Weekend, July
1: 13 to 15 in New Plymouth. Tickets on sale at ticketech.co.nz. Oh, don't suffer for your art, chat. Various artists with Francis and Liam.
2: Got some homicide playing underneath us. This is the Moon. An incredible jazz band from down in Ponakir. It is time now for the Art Guide, your weekly guide to the arts events taking place across Tamaki Makoto.
3: Ramiri Friday, the 16th of May. That is not the right date. That's the oh, 26th no. of May. Uh, which enough. is this evening. That's tonight at Whammy Bar. Community Garden will be presenting DJs Ehua, AJ Honeysuckle and Hazji. Tickets are available from under the radar.
2: Raharoi. Saturday, 27th of May. Tomorrow, of course, 95BFM will be presenting Fancy New Band at Whammy Bar in Backroom. With some of the best new talent that has graced the airwaves every Friday for the last year. We've got ballot box. Oh, we've got ballot box. I'm so excited that I'm hitting them. Mike, Ballot Box, Elliot and Vincent, Chris RL, Yaya, Chase Woods, DJ Blush, mp 3 Sabrina Islam and a good old round of BFM karaoke to finish off the night. They'll go from 10pm until late on a cold Koha and entry.
3: Will you be doing BFM karaoke, Liam?
2: See, see how drunk I get. <laughs> Probably not, but you know. <laughs> and on Latapu Sunday, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox will be showing at 2pm at the Hollywood in Avondale. Funds raised will be going towards Cloud Workshop and Organisation providing support to Bereaved children and memory of Claire McClintock.
3: Ratu Tuesday the 30th of May, New York City-based artist Leia Bertucci will be talking about her practice at Audio Foundation. She's a multidisciplinary composer, performer, and sonic artist who will be chatting at 7 pm.
2: The Upper Wednesday, the 31st of May, it's about time we'll be opening at All Press Studio, showcasing work of three incredible Tomkey-based contemporary artists, Karen Kovic, John Allpress, and Mandy Roger. They will be on at 8 Drake Street at Freeman's Bay.
3: Rapid Thursday, the 1st of June. Somehow, we're catapulting into June. And first Thursday. (laughs) First Thursday is back on Karangahape Road at the George Court foyer and the Queers and Wears Market will be, uh, will be taking place there with jewellery, zines, prints and more. The Art Late Gallery tour is on and there's so much more so do have a hunt around on the internet and check it out.
2: I believe your best source for that would be at uh, Karangahape underscore market on Instagram but it's kind of like dotted across because there's just so much going on on each first Thursdays. I we will listen through to the end of this Slide track?
3: Yeah, we'll have a bit more NZ music and then we'll come back to you at the end of the show. Sounds good. You're on Various Artists.
0: that was a 95 bfm podcast to hear more head to 95 bfm.com slash bcasts